The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to the Velvet Machete Leadership Podcast. Become a confident, compassionate leader while sharpening your brand from the inside out. It's time to gear up to learn from expert guests and your host, Amber Hurdle. Hey, welcome back. I'm so glad that you have taken the time to listen in or watch this podcast and invest in yourself as you continue to develop as a Velvet Machete leader, a confident, compassionate, and influential leader. Now on the subject of influence and great leadership. If you've been following me for any amount of time, you know that I like to say you need to go to U University. That's ultimately how you can really start that leadership journey. And the first stop on the Velvet Machete leadership journey is to build your personal brand. And so how do you do that? How do you identify what makes you unique? How do you identify how your unique um, value adds to the bigger picture how can you position that value that's a those are really big questions so i have different processes that i take clients and listeners through but the fastest way to really collect data on yourself and you know i love data is to take some personality assessments so psychoanalytic tools have been around for forever there's all different kinds and I'm the type of person who will straight up take the Disney princess quiz on Facebook. Like I don't even care. Um, but they're not all used for the same reason. So a lot of people know disc or they know Myers Brig, and those are all great. And I hope to have guests who are experts on those assessments on the show. Enneagram. I've got a great future guest for that. Um, she is a total trip and you will love her. I've known her since I was in junior high and um, and she's got such a great Instagram following. But the ones that I use, I'm just going to go ahead and talk about because I am the expert in them. So today what we're going to talk about is the fascination advantage assessment. And unlike Myers-Briggs or DISC or some of those that help you psychologically or understand how you psychologically see and process the world with fascinate, it's really about measuring how the world sees you at your best. Sound like a pretty good personal branding assessment? I'd say so. So I found Sally Hogshead, the person who discovered Fascinate several years ago. Um, I heard her on my friend John Lee Dumas's podcast, and this was way back when he first started. I think she was very early on in, in this assessment and really promoting it and getting it out there. She'd done all the legwork and all of the research and all that kind of stuff, all the science behind it, but she was really getting it rolled out. And I thought, I love this woman. She sees the world the way that I see it. She understands that you really need to step into your own greatness. And that's the Amberism, the Sallyism, or the Fascinate way is that you need to become more of who you already are. You don't want to 
mitigate weaknesses. You just want to step further into how you actually fascinate. And that's how you will connect with people. And that's how you will influence with people. So many of you hear me say over and over again, just bubble wrap it, just bubble wrap it because you're not weak. You have no weaknesses. We can call it that, sure, if we want to be lazy with our language, but you've got a lot of really great stuff about you. So why don't we focus on that? And then in the areas that are maybe less helpful, we will simply bubble wrap them, like fine china. Fine china is beautiful. It's valuable. It's not meant to be shipped across the country. It is meant to be put on a dining room table. And so if we're going to ship it across the country, something that it's not meant to do, then we're going to bubble wrap it to protect it, to fortify it. And that's what we need to do for you. But the first thing to do is to figure out what makes me great. How can I influence other people? And so Fascinate will do that. So let's talk a little bit about how we fascinate. Where did the science come from in this? Because that's one of my first questions, of course, as a data nerd. And you know, or if you're new to me, you don't know this. If you're not new to me, then you know that I combine science, data, and marketing principles and external marketing branding principles to do the work that I do. So if you're one-on-one coaching with me, if you're in my membership, if you're in my academy, if I'm um, consulting with a company, I don't do business with you unless I have data first, because that is my process. Just like any, um, if you want to gain market share, you need to have market data. So every time you scan your grocery incentive card or discount card or whatever, they're collecting data on you. That is That helps them position their brand with you more. And so if I'm helping somebody position their brand, I need to have some data. So this is how you do the shortcut to U University. So Sally and her team um, combined proprietary Kelton research study results with data from over 1 million professionals. And What they determined from all of this data is that they were able to zero in on helping reveal who you are at your best and to show you how different is better than better. Because somebody's always going to be prettier than me. Somebody's always going to be smarter than me. Somebody's always going to be wittier than me, but they can't be me. And you hear me preach this in a different way, but that's the entire premise around this assessment. So obviously, you know how I fell in love with it. So what is fascination? According to Sally, fascination is an intense focus. When you fascinate your listener, they're more likely to connect with you and to remember you. And that's what we want to do, right? We want to be memorable. We want to be known as the SME in our organization. We want to be known to as the, as the go-to brand in whatever market that we're in. And so this is very important. And again, these are, these are Sally's words. So I I just want to reiterate um, that this is not my assessment, um, but I am Uh, Just as a side note, I I am a senior advisor among all of the Fascinate uh, advisors, and I've been with them for forever, um, so much so that I even have, let's see here, um, (laughs) if you're watching on YouTube, you can see this book here. This is so popular, and I've been so privileged to do it with a countless many that I even get books saying like, hey, this was my favorite part of the program. And Fascinate usually is right up there. I I did a whole Stella and Dot convention, national convention, and and it was super fun there too. So while I am certified in this, I just want to make it clear because, you know, I also like IP and protecting that, that this, this is Sally's work. So the Carnegie Institute for Science, this is a very profound 
statistic. They concluded that 85% of your financial success is due to personality and the ability to communicate, negotiate, and lead. 85% of your financial success. That's a pretty big percentage. So shockingly, only 15% is due to technical knowledge. So you could get all the certifications, you can get all the degrees and all that kind of stuff. But if you don't understand how to communicate, negotiate and lead, how to fascinate, then you're already behind the eight ball. So in today's podcast, whether you take the assessment or not, and you can take it at amberhurdle.com forward slash fascinate, amberhurdle.com forward slash fascinate. It's not free. It is about 50-ish dollars for a single assessment. Um, but if you if you wanna take it, great, you'll get all the information that you need. If you don't wanna take it, or if you can't take it right now for financial reasons or whatnot, I know, you know, with COVID and economic conditions, 50 bucks is not what 50 bucks used to be. So I want you to still listen and I want you to hear how I describe the different advantages and you'll know, you'll know what resonates with you. You will know what bubbles up for you. And then you can start thinking about, okay, now that I know this, how can I position this as part of my personal brand? So just stay attentive, hang in there with me, know that you don't have to take the assessment, but if you have 50 bucks to spare, I would say this is probably the most powerful assessment you could possibly take to better understand how you influence others. So we are going to talk about how to communicate at your best using your distinct advantages. We're going to talk about um, how sometimes there can be a little bit of a breakdown if you lean too much into it. And we're not going to get deep into that because we don't have time. We want to keep these podcasts as short as possible. Um, we're going to learn how to identify the characteristics of these advantages so so that you can lead and influence other advantages, right? So we'll we'll get into that a little bit uh, later in my Nike um, example I like to use, ad nauseum. And then um, also you want to know how can we use these advantages to really put teams together. And we'll talk we'll talk a little bit about an example there too. So um, let's dive in to the advantages. Okay, so um, if you are watching on YouTube, then you get to see this lovely picture with Sally right in the middle there um, and some of my Fascinate family, some of her team and other certified advisors. Um, we hung out at her house for a couple of days and um, did some deeper work and it was super fun. So um, again, you can only imagine how fascinating all of these people are and how much fun we have when we're together. But really what you need to know today is that there are seven advantages and you can remember these pretty easily. It's not like Myers-Briggs and I love Myers-Briggs. That's one of my favorite ones out there, but you know, it's like, I'm an ENFP. Well, I do this for a living. So of course I remember that. And, you know, do you know all of your strengths of strength finders? Do you know which one they are? It's just so much to remember. So what I love about Fascinate, there's just seven advantages. You can memorize them pretty quickly or recall them pretty quickly. So let's talk about the first one. The first one is innovation. So this is the language of creativity and change. When you have innovation and you fascinate through innovation, you change the game with creativity. You are not an in the box kind of person. You're the person on the team that people go to for ideas. You might even be the person on the team who people get a little freaked out about because you might um, 
shoot than aim. <laughs> so there's always an upside and there's always, you know, some things that we need to bubble wrap. But um, innovation is one that I personally score high in. It's my second. I'm actually tied with that in passion. And the reason why I like to have innovation is because I can look at problems and come up with solutions pretty quickly. So if that resonates with you, if you're like, oh my gosh, yes, I, I'm always a problem solver. I'm always a person to be creative and come up with solutions. You're probably high in innovation. Now, the second one, passion, that is the language of relationship and emotion all day long. That is definitely me. That is definitely me. That's the one I score highest in. Um, with passion, you connect with emotion. That is how we fascinate. So when you are high in passion, that doesn't necessarily mean that you are a warm, fuzzy person. That could mean that you're connecting with emotion because you understand how to draw on the senses. So, for example, when I go in and I do an engagement with a company, I am worried about, you know, what are the textures in the room? What does the room smell like? What is the temperature? Do we have snacks? What's the, what is the discover and delight that they're going to have immediately upon sitting down? Are they going to sit down and think, oh, geez, another training or another hour I've got to sit through of professional development? Or are they going to sit down and suddenly be like, oh, yay, what's this? So I like to have that element of interest and intrigue. And that comes from my passion. Now, I said that I was tied in passion and innovation. And um, there are little eighth of a of, of a point type, is it eighth of a eighth of a point, eighth of a hundredth? I don't remember. Anyways, the eighth of a point, we'll say for now, uh, tiebreaker, uh, question in there. So you'll, you'll just score slightly higher. And so if it shows like 19% and 19%, but one's higher than the other, it's because there was a tiebreaker question. And I probably completely botched that. If my fascinating family's listening, yes, I've been doing this for so many years and I didn't get that quite right. It's the end of the day for me as I'm recording this. Okay. So let's talk about power, power. You lead with command because it is the language of confidence and authority. And so what somebody um, with the the advantage of power might look like is that person who comes in the room and just immediately commands attention. They say to do something, you don't question them, you just do it. Um, they tend to gain respect instantly without even opening their mouths. But when they do speak, they speak very confidently as if they just own the joint. And so that is a person high in power. Now, interestingly, I'm third highest in power. So that kind of comes into play for me sometimes. And and that's, we'll get into the, the analytic side of things, but you want to understand um, really just what your highest advantage is and your second highest. And then we can talk about the reasons of, of really looking into it deeper than that. The next advantage is prestige. So this is the language of excellence and standards. So with prestige, you earn respect with higher standards. So this doesn't necessarily mean that you need people to fawn all over you or that you want to be better than everybody else. That's not it at all. This is, again, the language of excellence. So somebody with prestige on the team is going to dot every I, they're going to cross every T. And if they don't necessarily have that superpower, they're going to make sure somebody on the team does that. So this is somebody, this type of brand will definitely be award-winning. They will be best in class. Those will be things that they strive for because that's how they fascinate. So if you think about like 
Jaguar or something like that. That's a prestige brand. It is prestigious to carry a Louis Vuitton. So they're fascinating with that prestige of with that, what would it look like if you had this standard of excellence that you are seen in this car, that you are seen with this particular purse that says something different than, um, you know, whatever amazing, awesome, cute purse that you got at Target. It just doesn't send the same message. So if you fascinate, fascinate with prestige, you want to make sure that everything is elevated and you're constantly elevating the game. So innovation changes the game. Prestige elevates the game. Trust. Trust is the next advantage, and it's the language of stability and dependability. You build loyalty with consistency. So when I think about financial institutions, I think about trust brands. When I think about my clients who are high in trust, I think about how they just keep things calm and they keep things consistent and people feel good because they know what to expect with them. And if you're, if you're dealing with somebody who's high in trust, then you might want to think about how can I present this new information in a way that's familiar? How can I draw from the past to bring that forward so that this is something that feels familiar? That is the power of trust. And um, I personally love to have trust people around me because I tend to be a little bit dormant in trust. Again, I'm high in innovation, so I like to change things all the time. And it's safer for me to surround myself with people who are trust because they will keep things consistent enough for me to continue to build um, instead of starting from scratch all over again. Any of my entrepreneurs feeling me on that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about mystique. I am I am fascinated by mystique personalities is the language of listening and observing. Mystique personalities communicate with substance. So if you have somebody with mystique in your life or on your team, or if you have mystique, it might look something like this. They just watch everybody go crazy in the meeting. They just observe everyone talking over themselves. And then maybe if asked, they will reveal what they think. And maybe they might even wait until the next day once they've had time to process it to share their perspective. If you're high in mystique, you might be the person who says, oh, I wish I would have said this because you simply need that time to unpack what it was that you listened to and what you observed so that you can come up with a very thoughtful response to that. I am dormant in mystique, meaning I score lowest in mystique. I'm high in passion, like jazz hands and fireworks. Let's talk it out. Let's let's spitball and think about ideas out loud. And the mystique personality really holds back and observes. So I love getting to work with mystique. Those are the brands that just, they drop a little hint and that they have this like to be continued coming soon. They make you want more. They, they really pull you in with that mystique. And I find it absolutely fascinating. And then last but not least are our alert people. So the alert advantage is the language of details and anticipation. Our alert friends prevent problems with care. Now, some of my innovation people and my alert people at times might 
lock horns a little bit. Okay. Just like mystique and power might lock horns because or mystique and passion might lock horns because passion's like drama and you know, all the jazz hands and fireworks and the mystique's like settle down now. Okay. <laughs> they don't like drama at all. Same with alert and innovation. Innovation's like, let's change. Let's do this. Let's try this. And the alert personality is like, whoa, have you thought about this? What about this? What about this consequence? And I, again, love surrounding myself with alert people because I will go jumping off the cliff and my alert friends will be like, Amber, did you put on your parachute? Yeah, sure. Of course I did. I'm not crazy. Okay. Did you do the 10 point check on the parachute before you jumped off that cliff? No, I didn't. Okay. Let's do the 10 point check. I'm not trying to be a killjoy. I just don't want you to die. So when you have alert people in your organization, it's really important that you don't just poo-poo them as the killjoys, right? As the no department, because they are trying to, that is how they fascinate. They're trying to prevent problems with care. And so if you respect that, if you honor that and you measure, you know, what is the change that we want to make? Okay, how can we put processes behind that to make sure that there's continuation and success? Now you've got a power team in the same as maybe that sometimes overly dramatic passion people who want to talk about everything and then maybe talk over each other and they don't see all the details that perhaps they can miss. You partner that person with a mystique who's going to be a little more reserved, who's going to be a little more observant. And now you've got a power team there as well. It's the yin and the yang. It is that it's the, the combination of those energies that make powerhouse teams. So with that said, there are 49 personality archetypes, but don't freak out. You don't have to memorize all of these. I will use myself as an example. I am highest in passion and I'm second highest in innovation, again, by a tiebreaker, but ultimately it is first and second. That makes me the catalyst. So the catalyst, the specialty adjectives that describe the catalyst are out of the box, social, energizing, enthusiastic, and creative. Now, anyone who knows me would probably say that most of those are pretty darn accurate. There's some other things that we can do within the system that we don't have time to get into today, but if I do a training on it um, down the road, we, we will teach you that, um, or you can get a one and done, and this is one of the assessments that I do um, for personal branding one and done sessions. Um, these specialty adjectives are what you can get from just your one report. And the way that you can use these in your marketing, on your LinkedIn profile, on your resume, when you're telling about yourself in a networking opportunity and you have your elevator pitch or whatever, this is where you can really leverage some of this information. And there's so much more in the report, but just high level. What would it sound like if I applied for a job and I said, I am a social out-of-the-box thinker who's enthusiastic about hospitality and use my creativity to solve problems and elevate the brand. Does that sound boring or does that sound fascinating? As opposed to, I'm a team player, people person who likes hospitality. Hospitality executive who is consistent and a people person, like the same old basic vanilla garbage that goes on resumes, right? 
knowing the language that you need to use in order to position you to show I am high in passion. I influence with emotion. I'm also high in innovation. I change the game with creativity. When somebody hires me, it's usually because they feel a warm emotional connection to me and they need help with change. I'm certified in the freaking change cycle for heaven's sake. So whether that's an organization that needs somebody to come in, build trust with their team, so that we can move through the change ahead, or they're a a fast growing company, or if it's a a one-on-one client, they know that they need to elevate their brand, or they know that they need to elevate their employer brand and retain or recruit and retain the right people. They know that something has to change. So who are they going to hire? We're going to hire Amber because she She's, I'm going to get along with her. She's exciting. She's fun. She's enthusiastic. My team's going to buy into her. I'm going to enjoy working with her. We already feel like friends. And then she's going to come in and she's going to help us create these changes. And it's going to be less painful because she is going to consider how to emotionally buy everybody in. That's how I fascinate. That's why people work with me. So when you know these things about you, And so many people come to me, they're like, well, I don't know what makes me unique. Well, I don't know what makes me special. Well, I'm going to tell you that I got knocked up at 16 years old. And that's how I learned about branding because I'm going to get emotion out of you that way. I, and, and it's not, it's not trickery. It's not any type of manipulation. It's just, it is my truth. And I want you to trust me so that I can help you change. So I'm going to tell you that. And that's an emotional connection right there because whatever you've done in your life, you can overcome it because I'm I'm leading the way, if that makes sense. So I know I use myself as an example a lot, but that's because, you know, I am I have confidentiality agreements with all of my clients. That said, hopefully I think the next episode, we are going to do a live coaching session on Fascinate with two of my clients who have the same profile, but we're going to break down why they're still different because <clears throat> you do get a breakdown of your particular archetype. And you can see here, if you're on YouTube, um, the highest and best value of the catalyst. Um, For those listening in, I'll just read it to you. So the highest and best use of somebody like me, not exactly me, but somebody like me who scores highest in, in passion and innovation, the more opportunities you have to create change, the more others benefit from your archetype's distinct value. With a primary passion advantage, you're most likely to contribute when emotionally involved. Listen, my career has been hospitality, education, fitness, even, even the companies that I work with now, they tend to be luxury or higher end because they create experiences because I have to be emotionally connected to my work. So that's something to keep in mind as well. You feed off energy in a room and resist feeling shut off from the heart of the action. Oh boy, is that the truth? Catalysts usually shine in the spotlight. Look at me. I'm on YouTube. I have a podcast. I'm a professional keynote speaker. I can speak in front of thousands. It does not phase me. So you frequently seek personality oriented careers such as PR, marketing, and customer service. What's not the highest and best value of the catalyst? Well, you're a creative spirit. You often dislike repetitive linear tasks like our trust friends do. So guess who I need to hire to support me to do those things that I suck at? I need to hire those trust people. If forced to adhere to a rigid set of rules, you can become bored and distracted all day long. 
With the secondary innovation advantage, you excel when allowed to imagine. So if I'm asked to operate in a box, that's not going to fare too well because I am an out-of-the-box thinker and I often ignore the box entirely. I always say, I don't even know where the box is. You should be free for work that demands untraditional thinking. So if if a customer comes to me and they want to hire me to kind of just do repetitive work, I know that's not going to be a good fit for me and I'm going to hire that out. And then I won't create a soul-sucking job for myself as an entrepreneur who can take on the kind of work that I want. So you do get this type of information. Um, but importantly, you also get your analytics page. So if you're on YouTube and, and you're looking at this, um, my analytics, then you can see that I am uh, 19% passion and 19% innovation. Again, there is a little tiebreaker that um, it is an eighth of a point, I believe, that that does that tiebreaker to say, okay, passion is higher than innovation. And then my third highest is power. Well, what do I do? I empower people. In fact, my mission statement for Amber Hurdle Consulting is empowerment and business mastery, because I believe that you have to feel empowered. You have to mentally be in the game. And only then can you take your business acumen to where it needs to go in order to get the results that you want. And so if I'm creating warm emotional connections so I can come in and create and, and lead through change, then ultimately I'm doing that to empower the people that I work with. And so it's really important to understand not just how you show up, but what else might be complementing and assisting your highest advantages. And then you can kind of go down and see I have a, a pretty dramatic drop. Um, well, not too dramatic. I go down at 15% on prestige. So power 16% then prestige. So there's no joke. I work with luxury brands. I work with higher end brands or aspiring um, higher end brands. And then and then I do go down to, um, let's see here, alert is only 12% as compared to 19% my highest. And then I have uh, mystique and trust are my lowest two at 9%. Again, with the tiebreaker, putting mystique at the very, very bottom. So when I know these things about me, when I know what my dormant advantage is, I know that I am not, even though I was born in Las Vegas, <laughs> I am not going to have a poker face. I'm passion. You're you're going to see my thoughts all over my face and you're not I've if I had to be in a negotiating type uh, setting, I'm like, take it or leave it. That's my sales style. Anybody who's ever done a consultation with me, I'm like, here's what I have to offer. If it's not, if it's not for you, it's not for you. And if it's not for me, I'm also going to tell you because I'm not going to try to work for business. That's not a good fit for me. So I am the most chillaxed salesperson on the planet. And I'm happy to walk away because I'm like, oh, you've defined your value. Well, I don't see that value. So I'm not going to give you that money. Thank you. There's no wiggle room for me. There's no back and forth. Somebody high in mystique would be an excellent negotiator because they know how to hold their cards. That's what they're skilled in. So it's important to know where your quicksand is so that I don't show up every day trying to operate in mystique or trust. I can bubble wrap that um, with, with different opportunities. So that is Fascinate. Um, if you want to take the quiz, again, it's amberhurdle.com forward slash Fascinate. And if you're listening and you need to get back to the show notes, then you know you can always find those at amberhurdle.com forward slash 
podcasts with an S because of course we had the bombshell business podcast and now we are a velvet machete leadership podcast and you can get all of that. Um, anything that I mentioned in the show notes. As always, I'm so thankful that you joined me on the Velvet Machete Leadership Podcast. If you found value in this episode, then please, if you're on YouTube, make sure that you hit the little uh, bell so that you're notified when we put new content out. Make sure you subscribe, like this video, and if you're listening in your favorite podcast app, I would cherish a rating and a review and share it with your friends. This is super fun. We're going to build on this episode by looking at a Again, two of my Velvet Machete Leadership Society members. They're graduates graduates of the Velvet Machete Leadership Academy, and um, and they're really special people. I think that you will enjoy getting to know them and hearing their story and how they've applied their fascination advantages to both um, their day to day. They have their day jobs and then they have their side hustles. So whether you're an entrepreneur or you work for another company, I think you'll find value in that. Thank you again for listening and I will see you next time. Thank you for tuning in. Mentioned resources can be found at amberhurdle.com. Be sure to leave a rating and review in your favorite podcast app and subscribe so you never miss an update. As always, thank you to The Coup for our intro and outro music. See you next time.